Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete. And I'm Diane. Hey, Diane. How are you doing today? I am great. Excellent. It it is a lovely sunny day out. It is finally May slash spring temperature. Is it spring, though? I feel like we jumped right into summer like we do every year. Yes. I mean, technically, by definition, now is spring, but it does always feel like it goes from kind of 10 degrees and still winter to, oh, kind of 10 degrees and rainy, and oh, now it's 20, 25, mm-hmm. sunny. Yeah. It's lovely, though. Mm-hmm. Got to spend some time on our balcony and really yes. take in uh, the joy that is summer until it's ruined by neighbors who smoke some green stuff and listen to bad country music below us. But yeah. Oh, good. Otherwise, mm-hmm. ooh, we're coming up on some birthdays for both of us, too. Exciting. So what do you want to talk about today, my dearest? Uh, we just got a, you know, a few topics, catch up on our last few weeks, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. See where we're at, what we've been up to. So like you said, it is May, so I guess one topic is Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. I, I know that was a fun uh, heated or slightly heated topic uh, last year. We actually got yes. some written responses to uh, my opinions about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically about how long is it the husband's responsibility to take care of Mother's Day? And mm-hmm. we've had some fun uh, chats about that, and I continue to ask people, and I seem to be entirely in the wrong, where the expectation always is the husband will always recognize her wife for Mother's Day. I wonder if that applies for people who don't have kids. Probably not. Well, that would just be milking it. No, that's not Mother's Day then. Okay. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I mean, there's no wife's day, I guess. Um, I wonder if it works the other way, though. That the wife is entirely responsible for recognizing the husband? Father's Day for the rest of the Or lives. rather, it doesn't have to be a wife. Rather, the f- uh, female partner is recognizing the male father. Ooh, look at you, PC. Nicely done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what do we what do? Happens what happens when there's two dads? <laughs> there is no Mother's Day, I guess. And then there's just like a huge party on Father's Day that they both have to throw for each other? <laughs> See, I wish I knew more people <laughs> to get this kind of information. That's that's why our social circle needs to expand, I think. Yeah, we'll work on that. Maybe maybe if we have kids, we'll, we'll meet more people, more people with their kids. Hmm. It's a social opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what did we do for Mother's Day? Uh, well, your mother seemed to be unavailable. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, she's got a very busy work schedule and life schedule. Uh, so we scheduled time with her not on Mother's Day, actually. We saw her later in the week, Yeah, which I, was nice. Yeah, I invited her out to, uh, I guess, a pub night, technically, but a mm-hmm. really good pub. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the fun thing is I remember I was talking with you before. It's like, my mom always tries to pay for dinner. And it's one of right. those things where a mother, I guess, always sees your children as their children. Mm-hmm. And, and I know she always wants to pay the bill. It's like, oh, I have to take care of you. You you are too poor or whatever. And I was like, no, mom, I'm I'm good. We, we're doing just fine. Don't worry about it. So I remember plotting with you before we mm-hmm. went out. I was like, I got to do this play where I'm going to be like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to find her server and pay for the bill before there's a chance of it coming to us. So right. somewhere around, we've just finished dinner before they show up and say, what do you want for dessert? Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I executed that plan quite well, I would say. You did. I was completely surprised as well. Mm. So good on you. Mm. <laughs> you did it uh, probably earlier than most people would, but I think that was necessary. Oh, you got to catch yeah. her quickly. Yeah. You got to catch her quickly or she'll get you. <laughs> so I want to throw that move out to the audience. Um, if you ever need to pay a bill and you want people to stop paying the bill for you, that's, that's the move to pull is just go, I got to go to the bathroom, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Right around that sweet spot after dinner before dessert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I sent your mother a card from the David Suzuki Foundation that comes with a packet of wildflower seeds. Yeah. So that is also how <laughs> we recognize her. We're laughing because... That's a story, too. She can't plant flowers in her garden where she lives because she has a lot of squirrels and raccoons. And literally every day, the squirrels will dig up flower pots and flower gardens because they're burying stuff or looking for stuff or who knows what. Mm-hmm. But they create a mess, so she can't really have <laughs> a nice set of flowers. So she's planted the seeds up at the cottage. Yeah, the the wonders of the rodents in Toronto, you know. They're, they're mm-hmm. a powerful, powerful uh, species. Um, she was telling me how she had brought tulips from Holland, and it's like, that's nice, mm-hmm. and had tried to plant them in her front and she even got like a wire mesh to go all the way around the, uh, I guess, the pottery. And even then, still, the squirrel somehow got through it and just like there was dirt all over the ground, tulip seeds on the ground and a big mess. So I think she officially gave up. Poor mom. Yeah. See, at that point, I just, you can't beat him, join him. So I mean, maybe not. Start throwing dirt around and huh? seeds on yeah. the ground. <laughs> Just create like a backyard that's just a jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think she picked the right choice. Either you just go somewhere else. And I Mm -hmm. asked even, why don't you try, you know, growing them indoors next to the window? They have nice windows. But, uh, you know, what can a son say? Let's talk about your mom. How how was our Mother's Day with your Mm -hmm. mom? So a lot of our debate, I feel, that comes from who is responsible for Mother's Day Mm -hmm comes from the situation with my family because my mom's birthday is literally like 15 days before mother's day. Oh yeah. Not really about a month, but sometimes we end up celebrating it with my brothers that is later in the month. So it ends up being that two weeks after we celebrate or have a big party that we then are celebrating mother's day. Right. Which is when my mom starts to feel real guilty because she's like, oh, but you just put in all this effort to have a nice party for me. Right, right, right. And now it's Mother's Day and I don't really want to make you have to do all of that work all over again because she knows how much work it is, Mm -hmm. which is very motherly of her. Um, But of course, when she starts to recruit my dad, my dad's kind of like, what? Why am I being recruited? (laughs) And why am I getting involved in this? So this, the issue was kind of avoided this year in that uh, I had an aunt visiting. Mm-hmm. And my aunt is very particular. She likes to do things her own way. Oh my goodness, yes. Yes. So when she is in the kitchen making something, she's doing it her own way. And even if it's someone else's kitchen. And you just got to give her the space to do that and just show her where things are. So I stayed right clear of that kitchen because my dad was responsible for the meat. And my aunt was helping him with everything else. And I was like, I'm not going in there. (laughs) Yeah, I just overheard something about, I think, using maple syrup and something. And then Mm -hmm. uh, I think your mom's like, that's a terrible idea. It'll make it too sweet. And then uh, your aunt's like, no, it'll it'll work really well. You should try it. And it's like, no, I think it'll be too sweet. No, you should try it. No, it's too sweet. No, you should try it. And it's like, oh, boy. Yeah. 
get out of here. The dip is going to break this family apart. Yeah, so Mom and I went and had a drink outside on the lawn. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just spent some time with my mom. I think it was a great Mother's Day. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the dilemma that my family is uh, faces every year. We sort it out. Uh, also kind of um, compounded by the fact that uh, my brother usually has to work that weekend. So not only have I thrown a party for my brother and my mother, mm-hmm. I'm now responsible for Mother's Day all by myself. Come on, bro. Step it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just the timing of the year. That's when he's really busy. Um, so he did make an appearance later in the evening, which was really nice. And my mom was really excited about, which I almost kind of made fun of her for because all evening she was like, Oh, do you think your brother's going to show up later? Maybe I'm right here. Come on, man. Yeah. I hate when that happens. That all that happens very often. Uh, when I'm seeing my parents too, they always ask about whether my brothers will show up, especially ones who have cute kids, you know, mm. they really want to see them. It's like, yeah, you feel like, what am I, chop liver? Like, come on, I'm here. I've been here all day. What the heck? But yeah, your bro made a last minute appearance and yeah, made their day. It was great. Which was uh, funny, but it worked out for us because he drove us home. So it's cool. true. He also brought the token plant. We always, I don't know how long we've done this for, but we've always gotten my mom a hanging plant because mm. she enjoys flowers as well. Um, and it just so happens that that's a good time of year when all the hanging plants are coming out and there you can get like a really nice basket for 20, $25. Mm-hmm. So that's a fairly reasonable thing that we can buy mom and she can hang it up and it's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So it worked out well. D- does her Toronto rodents destroy her garden too? Um, occasionally she has squirrels dig in her pots, but not as often as your mom does. Mm. Uh, she does have rabbits now. Cute. Yeah, which are super adorable, except they literally, like, you can tell the plants that have been eaten because literally there's no leaves anymore. They're just, like, stubs on the ground. So the bunnies will eat the leaves and the flowers. So Mm -hmm. it's just a little bit annoying. They'll also eat lettuce if she plants lettuce, which is fair. That's food. Hmm. (laughs) Um, So what she does is she plants the lettuce in a big pot, kind of like what I have the tomatoes in. And that's elevated enough off of the ground that the bunnies can't get it. Right. So that's how she does it. They can't hop by. I guess they don't have huge verticals. (laughs) I've been misinformed. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a. It's an interesting thought. I'm. I, I'm almost of the mind like, if we had a bunch of bunnies, I I think it would just be adorable to have a bunch of bunnies in our yard. Mm. It'd be cool with just feeding them, just for the sight of it, you know. But I don't know. I mean, it, it would be different if. Uh, I think I saw a really good cartoon or something where, they made it like, oh, the horrible humans always attacking the bunnies, trying to eat in their garden or something, mm-hmm. and then on the third panel they show. That the farmers are, like, starving and they can't feed their children because the rodents keep eating them. So it was a neat, like, flip the perspective around where it's, Mm -hmm. like, you always see the Bugs Bunny cartoon or something that's about, oh, that poor bunny trying to get by and the humans are the uh, villains. But, you know, we're not in that time anymore. Uh, Food is a plenty for us as long as, you know, have somewhat of an income that, uh, yeah, I don't know. If I had a garden, I'd be like, well, whatever, feed the, the animals. But that's just me. I guess you're not supposed to feed the animals, so we'll see. Uh, Let's move on. I want to talk about, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I brought it up at the podcast, but during the Edmonton trip, 
mm-hmm. I had sprained my ankle. Yes. And I don't know how much I went into that because it was a very horrible thing. It was a very annoying thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a reoccurring injury that just continues to bother me. Yeah, it's been two months now since we got back from Edmonton. Exactly. And it's still bothering you. And uh, yeah, there just came a point of hopelessness. And I, I, I went to my doctors and I was like, hey, this is still like reoccurring injury. I was limping when I got there too, because it, it was quite a, a walk to get there. And uh, he's like, well, it'll heal with time. I mean, I can prescribe you a air cast, but that's too expensive and you probably don't want to do it. I think he thinks I'm cheap. Uh, or, I don't know, you go buy a cane or something, but it'll go away. Whatever, get out of here. Like, it was very dismissive. And I do like my doctor because uh, I feel he does get me. Um, so usually his suggestions are, you know, on par. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, after that appointment, I was like, well... I guess this is the rest of my life. I just, I'll never have a very, a fully healed ankle and I won't be able to enjoy any of the things that I like to do anymore. And, uh, you know, I walk everywhere. I love walking places and it's like, now I can't take steps or I have to use elevators or things. It's like, I feel, (laughs) I'm starting to understand, uh, how, how those who are like physically disabled, uh, have a hard time in the city getting around, right? Starting to see all that perspective. Um, something as simple as an escalator or whatever, an mm-hmm. elevator, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, the, I, I was feeling really, really blue. And I was like, even went to a shopper's and I was looking at a wooden cane and I was like, do I have to buy a cane? And Is this my life now? <laughs> and and I didn't get it. And uh, I think I finally like voiced these uh, feelings to you. And you're like, you're going to physio. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I'm very familiar with what a physio can do. And I figure, in the very least, they can give you a more thorough assessment of what exactly is wrong with your ankle. And I've seen physios work and be able to pinpoint like exactly which ligament or the exact area that's affected. And like they're trained to be able to rehab these types of injuries. So I figured, at the very least... You know, it wouldn't hurt to go to a physio. It's just an extra opinion. Maybe they could help you out. Um, so I found one for you that was right next door to where you work. Right next door to where Right I next work. door. Um, yeah. And get a text message after you've had your appointment that the physio is fantastic. <laughs> I think it was all caps. It was rad. <laughs> physio is rad. Uh, yeah, I, I loved it. It was great. Um, so... Yeah, I got a lot of things to say. I, I just try to compose myself uh, from the beginning. All right, so I came in there, didn't really know what to expect. I don't know anything about physiotherapy, right? And uh, the person I had, you know, she was a younger woman, obviously, because I think uh, she asked me about my name and how I, I always just say it's like Estonian. And she's like, mm. I've never heard of Estonia. It's like, oh, it's one of those countries that broke off from the USSR when it was liberated. Mm. And then she made a look like she didn't know what that was. And that made me go, oh, okay, this is a young, this is a young girl, right? She probably never saw a map that said USSR on it, Hmm. right? Um, (laughs) You should have been like, Skype, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) What's Skype? Yeah, maybe no one uses that either. I FaceTime everything, right? Um, Yeah, so young lady, uh, but 
very good at what she did and very good at explaining all the steps. And uh, she was obviously doing things like, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to do acupuncture. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm aware of what that is. And she's like, well, what do you mean by you're aware of that? Like, tell me what you think it is, right? Like, she would also like call me on my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, I don't know. I've seen it on TV. So I know that you know, okay. you're going to put little prickle things in, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, yeah, but that's not the whole story. And she goes through what it all does. Okay. Right? And so I got these four things in my uh, leg and ankle. Were you okay with the needles? And I was thinking <laughs> that I would be freaked out because, yes, uh-huh. I do not like needles. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. Something about this trip, I was really in a Diane type of mood where okay. I was just very fascinated by the whole science of it all. Right? Oh, cool. And... Uh, and she was being so matter of fact, like, this is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. and was guiding me through everything, that there wasn't really a point for me to go like, oh, God, no, I, I don't like needles. And uh, honestly, I didn't even feel them, to be honest. Like, if they the, put them the in prick, properly, you won't, you won't feel them. The prick was non-whatever. Uh, I even made a joke. It's like, I've been icing this ankle so much. I don't know that I have nerves anymore, right? <laughs> like, I didn't really feel anything. Um, and then next, while those... Uh, four needles were in she set up these two uh, pads that uh, were hooked up to a machine to cause electric electrocution what are they called electrical stimulation electrical stimulation not electrocution i wasn't being zapped to death (laughs) electrical stimulation Mm -hmm. and it was neat because it it really just felt like someone was giving like a massage Mm -hmm. to your muscles like a deep uh, massage and uh yeah, she's like, this will remove all of the stress that have that's in your muscles that is causing you, like, the discomfort. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to start strengthening your muscles. Uh, the thing I like that she said was, you've recovered from your injury. You're just, uh, your muscles aren't strong enough, so you're, you're, you have a discomfort because of that. Mm. So through this program, we're going to get your foot stronger and get rid of that discomfort. Cool. Right? So, basically, at the end of this uh, session, I went from feeling like doom and gloom, this is the worst thing ever, to, wow, I feel really good. Mm -hmm. I had a good experience. And, uh, yeah, I was walking around. I was like, I actually don't feel that sting anymore that I feel every day. I was like, I got new hope about life. This this is great. I was so happy. So, yeah, I texted you. I was like, physio is rad. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited about it. So I'm going to be doing this for like six weeks. Oh, um, okay. But uh, yeah, already I feel better. I feel stronger. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the future, to being all, all good. Cool. And they've taken care of billing for you. So it automatically goes through your benefits. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last point I want to make is, what the heck, doctor? <laughs> is there some kind of weird... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, do do doctors look down at physiotherapists like they're not a real thing? Like, are we still in that, or as, or did he just think you're fine, crybaby, whatever? Just I mean, deal with it. yeah, I can see where your doctor's coming from in terms of if it's a sprained ankle, and he did kind of go through. You said steps check to the, check and make broken. sure that that was the case. Yeah, if it is a sprained ankle, like. A lot of it is, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am kind of curious because I feel like most doctors or even just kind of 
people who have used physio before mm-hmm. would say you should you you could go to a physiotherapist and see what they could do for you. Yeah, I thought, um, I thought there was like a community too, where like mm-hmm. they like, oh, I'll sign you to a specialist. Like I can't help you with this, but this person can. Is usually what happens. Yeah, they can refer you to a yeah. physio. They have kind of like one that they use a lot. But that um, didn't even come up as an option. Yeah, that's very curious. And honestly, like I probably should have sent you to a physio a long time ago. Yeah. And gotten this process moving, but I too was kind of just thinking, well, maybe it's just a sprain and you would stay off it for a little while and it would be fine. Yeah. So and then I'd re-aggravate it. Yeah. So now we know, you know, go sooner. Um, physio chiropractors can work on sprained ankles as well. My brother has a sprained ankle and he's seeing a chiro. So there are yeah. people out there that can help. We're sprain buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It, uh, it's just, it's improved my outlook on life. And uh, I did want to share that. I mean, uh, this podcast works as a time capsule, so we can certainly put that in here just as a note. Physio is rad. I wonder if we should call that the name of the podcast. Ooh, yeah, we should. <laughs> that's awesome. No, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I have a lot of friends, obviously, who went through physiotherapy. So that's cool that it is so helpful for you. Great. Sadly, it is not my area of expertise, so you need to go elsewhere. Well, you've been doing it, too, for something else, because mm-hmm. you had the bands mm-hmm. that I needed for my exercises I've been prescribed, so... It's true. Yeah. What was that for? Uh, my hip and my knee. Just getting older? Yeah. I've oh, kind of... <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. I feel like I had this hip problem ever since I basically spent six months writing my thesis. Um, so finally figured that I should get it maybe looked at. It's just really stiff in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I had it worked on and like going every single week and having it worked on and having that like um, electro stimulation, mm-hmm. um, I think really helped to loosen it up. But I also feel that it's just kind of stiff in the morning. And if I do yoga and do stretches, it feels great. So I think it's just kind of a natural stiffness that's there now. Um, My knee was an injury from Frisbee. Oh, yeah. Um, So that was definitely like an IT band syndrome situation. Um, So I have exercises to do. And I've been off Frisbee for a while. Um, So I think that really helped to give it some time to heal. And I start summer frisbee tomorrow, so we'll see if it acts up again. And if it does, I may be going back to get some of the therapy again. I had I also got acupuncture mm-hmm. when I did mine, but mine was acu acupuncture with stimulation. So the needles that she would um, place in my leg were attached to a little electrical current. Mm. Um, so she was basically putting them in places where she could trigger my muscles and just kind of train my muscles to be active again. Um, so yeah, so I had that treatment as well and I really liked it just because I felt like my muscles were really getting kind of a workout and it felt like treatment was actually doing something. Um, and then she'd do a lot of like soft tissue work to like massage out any issues um it is curious that it's on kind of my left yeah it's on my left leg and that's where i've had muscle biopsies taken oh, no. <laughs> but they were very careful to make sure to take the biopsy from the muscle part uh-huh. and not from like the tissue 
tendon yeah. part, which obviously is in their best interest too, because they need the Stubby mitochondria the from the actual muscle, not from the tissue. So they're very careful not to do that, but maybe it's just kind of a lingering stiffness that might still be there. So it's fine. I totally do it all over again. I love Oh man. It's, it's so funny though. Like all this talking, it just, it just reminds me because you always, you forget this sometimes. I mean, I was talking with my younger brother about this and mm-hmm. some of my other friends from high school. And it's like, you always think you're the same shell and whatever from like high school. You still have like that mindset that you can still do the same things. But the reality mm-hmm. is we've all gotten older and we've all gotten worse for wear. And it's very amusing to me to see it starting to happen to you. <laughs> you're about to hit your 30s i'm about to hit my 40s it's like wow look at us we're we're getting old we're a pair <laughs> good thing we know all these people that can fix us up now yeah. <laughs> all right let's talk about something mm-hmm. else cool yeah move forward uh fun thing that i went to this week is a book club run at the toronto public library Mm. Um, basically this all started because I'm involved with this project at church where we need to try and get to know more people in our neighbor or in the church neighborhood. And I thought, well, maybe there's some kind of like social group that meets up in the area. And I kind of went on like the meetup site to see what was going on and didn't seem to be, I didn't look too hard, um, but didn't seem to be what I was looking for exactly. Like there are like ESL classes and that sort of thing. And that wasn't really what I was aiming for. Um, so then I just went on the Toronto Public Library site and looked up like all a lot of different branches run book clubs every two months. They'll get together. It's informal. You just sign up if you want to go and they'll get you the book for the month. So I so, looked up. So I'm confused for yeah. a second here. Um, you said it was through your church, but also through the public library? No. So the church project is getting to know your neighborhood. Okay. To get to know my neighborhood, I wanted to, to find library. some kind of group to be part of. Okay. That's what I was doing. Um, so I found it through the public library. I found out what book they were reading. So I just got the book from the library and what read it. Reading? It was called Orphan Train. Orphan Train. Orphan that doesn't train. sound fun. So it was not fun. That sounds... Um, ouch. It was, yeah, it's an interesting piece of history in that in the United States, um, early 1900s, they found that they had a lot of orphan children in New York or along the eastern seaboard with all the immigrants coming over. Okay. Um, And just various circumstances, these children would be orphaned. And there was no kind of social network in place to deal with all these children. So essentially what they did is they packed up all these kids onto trains and sent them to the Midwest hoping that good Christian families in the Midwest would adopt them. Really? Yes. This was their plan. Um, And a lot of the children, so I think, um, you know, babies might have been adopted and, like, well cared for, but a lot of the kids were, the older ones certainly, were taken in and basically were free labor, (laughs) like farmhands or taking care of children, right? Mm -hmm. And because there were so many of them, and we're talking early 1900s, it was pretty impossible to keep track of them and make sure they were okay and they were going to school and they were well cared for and all that stuff. Uh, So it is essentially the way they wrote the book is it was a very old lady who had been one of these trained children, and she starts working with a a child, a teenager who's in foster care, and they kind of bond over their shared history as you're learning about both of their stories, kind of back and forth in the book. 
Um, so it was a really interesting story. Um, re- like well written, a pretty easy read, like not too um, crazy in depth. I think I was missing a little bit of the in depthness. I'm so used to reading like a Pride and Prejudice or um, other books recently, um, like uh, one by Joseph Boyden, um, that are so that have so much character development in them mm-hmm. that I was kind of missing that in this book. Right. Anyways, good book. Recommend it. Interesting piece of history to read about. And apparently it kind of happened in Canada as well. So how many meetings have you had in this book club where just, you've talked about it? Just the one. Just the one. And you've already read the whole thing. Well, no, you read one book and you go and talk about it. And then two months later you read another book and go and talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I thought usually it's... Um, in progress kind of thing, like no. four chapters no. meet, four chapters meet kind of thing. No, the way these are run is every two months a meeting occurs and the book is selected at the beginning of the year. They have the books for every two months as you go along and you read the book and you go and hang out. And I did not sign up. I think some people like sign up so they're on a list. So the library gets them the book for them. I just kind of noticed when they were meeting and read the book and joined them. So there was, I want to say maybe eight of us there. And usually there's a librarian to facilitate the conversation. But I think one librarian had retired and they hadn't quite filled in her spot. And this was the last book club of the year um, before a break over the summer. Um, so we were kind of left to our own devices to talk about this book. So I think the conversation kind of (laughs) would go on these like big, long tangents at certain points, but we always came back to different parts about the book and things that we noticed, um, about the characters, about what happened, that sort of thing. Um, so it was really interesting. Um, it was all women. A lot of them were like my mom's age, like retirees or even older, were they um, super excited to get a young young woman a part of the group? Or they're like, yes. Well, there were a couple. Like, there was me and at least another person that were younger-ish. When I say younger, I mean like thirties, under fifty. <laughs> yeah. Um, who were new, so they were just very welcoming to have us there. Yeah. Um, there was a kettle. The librarians had like a selection of tea. Um, so we just chatted, and I really didn't contribute a lot to the conversation because. There are a lot of very chatty ladies <laughs> and there's no one really moderating things. Um, but I, I liked what kind of points they brought up and what interesting things kind of we talked about. And yeah, it's just kind of a curious thing to get to see, yeah. to get to be part of. Um, as I'm sitting there, I'm also thinking about kind of the project where we have to learn more about the neighborhood. Um, I guess I'm thinking that there's going to be all these condos built really close to where my church is and so many more people are moving in. And I'm just trying to think like for us, even I feel like it would be nice if we had some kind of like social group that we could connect with. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if all of these new residents coming in would also feel like they would like a social group that they could connect with in some way and what that would be and where that would be run out of. So just kind of thoughts that were going through my mind. Like once every two months is not a really tough commitment, but if you keep going every two months, you'll get to know the other people that are part of this book club. And apparently they choose kind of a wide range of books. And yeah, I feel like everyone was very civil and it would be nice to just hang out and talk about a book for an hour, hour and a half. No, absolutely. And yeah. 
So I'll think if it, I'll... If it's your interest, I get, mm-hmm. I get that totally. Yeah. So it was just kind of, yeah, interesting to think about. Um, obviously, I think it was kind of a little bit... Like, that was my first day. So I didn't want to start being like, hey, so I'm doing doing this thing. Would anyone like to, like, participate in my little interview that I have to do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So maybe in, like, September I could uh, revisit the topic and just kind of casually ask them about, like, um, really the questions that I'm supposed to ask for my church project are, like, what do you like about the neighborhood? What's your favorite thing to do? Mm -hmm. What's missing? Where do you enjoy going? That sort of thing. So maybe I can just casually bring those into conversation next time around. Yeah, maybe. Once you've yeah, mm-hmm. established a, uh, at least like, hey, I've been here before. Not, yeah. Not like I only came to this to get this information. Yes. And then yeah. you won't see me again. Sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Um, I totally mm-hmm. get the book club thing. Um, and the reason I thought it was my chapter is mm-hmm. one of the things I like to do is a lot of my podcasts, they They'll talk about like video games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one in particular that's really kind of neat. And they they schedule themselves out. They call themselves kind of like a book club uh, about video games. Okay. Um, and it's run by two people who are long uh, developers in the industry. They've been around for like 30 years. So you also get mm-hmm. that insight, which is kind of neat. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they'll talk about how they made it. Or they'll have people who did make the game they're talking about join them and mm-hmm. talk about it. But what they do is every week they'll be like, hey, uh, next week we'll do from this point to this point. Next week we're going to talk about from this point to this point. Oh, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Dev Game Club, actually. Hmm. So, like a book club. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would be really cool. I would love to be able to, for example, meet with some people and be like, hey, I was playing God of War. That was a really cool game. Where are you at? And, you know, have a discussion about it. That'd be neat mm-hmm. with like-minded people. Um, because, uh, yeah, like last week I had some friends over and these two friends are just Xbox players. They, they yeah. only play their Microsoft console and, mm-hmm. and it's ironic cause they always say that I'm like a fanboy, and yet I kind of follow the whole industry and I'm into everything, but they're not at all interested in what is only available on my console. <laughs> and I was showing them the game and they're like, oh yeah, it's pretty, I guess. And that was about it. So I really didn't get to go into any interesting conversations about, mm-hmm. you know, its use of Norse mythology and the really interesting dynamic uh, father-son relationship they've set up here. That kind of stuff, you mm-hmm. know? So I would love to be able to have a book club for that. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. At least you got it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's where I was at this past week doing some work for that church project. It was interesting. The church project, there's three other people that I've recruited to work with me. And we were all supposed to have talked to two people and asked these questions from the booklet that we have to work through. And I was the only one, I guess the one other person had done some very informal interviews, I guess. She hadn't really gone through all the questions. She had just talked to people. So I was really the only one that had done the task that we had said at last meeting. We're going to get this done by the time we meet again. And a part of me 
is obviously like I've recruited these people and I'd like them to participate with me and I obviously want them on my team and it's great that they are participating and we've done other activities together where they've been very active members so that's nice but it also harkens back to times when I've been like the only person in the high school group or the university group that has like done the work to the timeline that we suggested that we work to and it was just kind of like a throwback to those times yeah isn't it funny how life never changes <laughs> how when you're a kid you're like well when i become an adult other people will mm-hmm. grow up yeah and this won't happen anymore and, and how they say realize, yeah and no. how they say you need to learn how to work in groups of people because you're gonna have to do this all the time and it's like it never changes no i won't i'm just gonna have to do it all by myself then too <laughs> anyways i'm working with lovely people and they what we really talked about at our recent meeting where they didn't have this task done is kind of like what are your challenges and how can i help you achieve what we want to do um so i got them to kind of discuss where they were having kind of some roadblocks and to be fair i've recruited them from our church but they are people who just came from another church that closed down so they are new and they don't know as many people around so that is fair that is fair um but also just kind of like, could we not have brought this up like via email or like... I don't know how to use email. You've seen me every week at church. So did you not want to come up and be like, hey, I'm just wondering if you could help me out. No. Anyways, I've set up a plan. I basically started to take control. Of course. <laughs> it was just kind of like, I'm going to set up some interviews for you. Can you at least just call people if I set it up? They're like, yeah, we can do that. I'm like, okay. Okay. There are strengths. And weaknesses in every people, every person. So Mm -hmm. it's good as long as you can uh, have them work with you. Hopefully you just don't have to do everything. But, I mean, obviously organization is not their strength. So it's good that you're there to be able to do that. But, yeah, I mean, even in my life, I've noticed is like there's just some things that never change. I've actually made a point to myself to stop trying so hard to be on time or early specifically (laughs) with a group of friends Mm -hmm. um because there's no reason for me even getting like stressed out a little bit about it because Mm -hmm. that's very important to me but you know we're just we're just casually hanging out and i I can take my time Mm -hmm. it's just little things like that you start to realize well that's just the way it is even with my job i've sort of learned this seems to need to be due immediately but they said that last time i got done immediately and then it just sat around for a week on mm-hmm. someone's desk so the next time they go this is due immediately i go yeah well is it really i'll just take my time with this what's the real problem here it's just going to sit on someone's desk and and sure enough after that it did and uh and it feels bad about it it's just the way life is there you go <laughs> Words of wisdom from me. <laughs> All right. This is pretty good. I think we hit a, a good a good uh, episode again. Woo. We hit the 40. We're pretty good at this now. <laughs> Just dynamically. Uh, chatting. Chatting, doing our thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on? No. It's a pretty good recap of where I'm at. Cool. Cool. Um, so if anyone else would like to share a story about how they think physio is rad. And I'm serious about this. If uh, anyone listening has like an injury that they like feel like will never go away, maybe it's worth checking it out. Uh, maybe your doctors didn't tell you that there's 
another option. It's uh, certainly worth a appointment. I know not everyone has benefits, but uh, I was really surprised, and it's uh, going very well for me. So if you want to share a story, send me an email, ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. And thank you to Field Processor for our music. You can check them out, fieldprocessor.com. Exactly. So. Until next time. Why don't you take. One more. For the road.